Welcome to a special presentation of Nebraska Farmcast, a podcast with essential information for essential decisions from the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. The Nebraska Extension Farm and Ranch Management Team in the Department of Agricultural Economics is dedicated to providing timely news, analysis, decision tools, and publications for Nebraska agricultural decision makers. Each week, our team brings you essential information for your essential decisions in live webinars covering a diverse array of farm and ranch management topics presented by experts from the university, from across the state, and from around the country. This series of podcasts offers audio from these webinars so you can learn on the go. To find a complete archive of all webinars, register for upcoming sessions, and discover more resources, visit the Farm and Ranch Management website at farm.unl.edu. Well, thank you. Welcome to um, the weekly webinar podcast for the Farm and Ranch Management Extension team. Um, I'm Dr. Elliot Dennis, and joined with me today is Dr. Uh, James Mitchell from the University of Arkansas and Dr. Brian Vanderlei uh, from the Great Plains Veterinary Education Center. Um, today, we're going to be talking a little bit about traceability, and our producers willing to pay for that. Um, and to kind of set the stage, uh, really what we wanted to talk about was USDA's APHIS timeline. Back in 2019, uh, they started to discontinue providing free metal ear tags with expectation that sometime in the future that they would transition to mandatory RFID tags. In the fall of 2020, they opened it up for a comment period, which ended in October. Um, they were conditionally set to um, no longer approve uh, metal ear tags with the USDA shield in January 2021. That's since been delayed. Um, and conditionally in January of 2023, RFID tags will be required for beef and dairy cattle moving interstate, um, but it will not require feeder cattle moving uh, between uh, from uh, the operation to slaughter. Um, RFID tag has been relatively has adoption rate has been somewhat limited. Uh, we're looking at about a 3% adoption rate amongst cow-calf producers um, and a much greater use amongst feedlots, uh, approximately uh, about 30 to 35% of all cattle um, were managed with individual animal ID tag in, in 1999, and that's increased to about 45% of cattle and calves and feedlots managed with um, NYD. Um, I'm going to ask uh, Brian or Dr. Vanderlei to, to talk a little bit about um, why traceability exists and what it's primarily used for. Um, and then we'll talk a little bit with Dr. Mitchell about some of the work he's done on, on producers' willingness to pay for that. So Dr. Vanderlei, what is the purpose of traceability and how does it work? So traceability is primary purpose in the U.S. is disease traceability. So it's it's designed to be the um, kind of the most multifunctional tool to contain disease, and that can be disease that's that's currently external to the U.S. If we have an outbreak within the U.S. of a foreign animal disease, and it's also used extensively for program diseases like tuberculosis and uh, brucellosis, which is how most of the the tags get applied or a lot of tags get applied now is is because they're in the cattle are being enrolled in a program 
disease. So they go through Banks vaccination or tuberculosis testing, something like that. So really the, 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 the function of traceability is to quickly contain an outbreak by finding where the, the disease came from and where it has gone. And the quicker that happens, the smaller the footprint of the disease outbreak usually is. And that's a lot of the motivation behind our current um, situation relative to animal disease traceability as a USDA policy. Thank you, Dr. Manley. Doc, Dr. Mitchell, you've done some work on looking at what produ how producers are willing to pay for either mandatory or voluntary programs. Talk to us a little bit about what you found and how that affects producers, both cow-calf and feedlots moving forward. Yeah, so um, a lot of what I've been working on is we've got these traceability programs that we're trying to advance in the US. Um, enrolling and participating in them is not free. It costs money to, to have people participate. Um, you know, being able to quickly respond to a disease is good for the whole, you know, industry and the whole meat sector, but really um, to get sufficient enrollment in this type of stuff, we need to think through what are the potential benefits of it? You know, what aspects do producers like, dislike, stuff like that? Um, as, an, as an economist, the best way to do that is try and attach a dollar value to um, these traceability systems. So something we looked at was, okay, let's consider a traceability program that uses, you know, RFID technology, which is what we've all been talking about. It's what APHIS wants to eventually transition to, you know, how, what kind of premium could a cow-calf operation potentially garner by enrolling in that type of program? On average, we find that, you know, roughly um, 42, 43% of feedlots will be willing to pay a, a $4 per head um, premium to, to receive cattle coming into a feedlot with that type of system. Um, you can do the math on what the dollar per head tag cost is. Essentially, that could cover that cost, realizing there's other costs involved in this stuff, but that's that's generally what we find. Those premiums that feedlots would be willing to pay um, change when you change things like who's managing the traceability data. Is it managed by APHIS? Is it managed by you know private industry? Um, things like that. Thank you. Uh, Dr. Vanderlei, what are some maybe your your take home points for producers that maybe affects their management decision uh, regarding traceability? Uh, we'll start with you and then we'll go to Dr. Mitchell. I think the biggest take home points are that that traceability in some shape or form is coming in a, in a more intense version, right? So we're going to see continued progress toward electronic ID, uh, all the signals point that way. And um, there's not, there, there may be pauses and hiccups along the way, but it's coming. So the things that I, I would encourage producers to think about as we head down that road is one, there, as Dr. Mitchell said, there's going to be expense. So be creative and uh, be thoughtful about how you can leverage that technology that you're probably gonna have to have anyway to add value to your system. And the, the caveat to that that I like to add is find every way possible to add it within the realm of your own control rather than depending on, on the next owner of your livestock. 
to pay you for it. Well, we always uh, hope that we can capture value from premiums that are valuable to the next owner of the, the cattle. Uh, it's, um, those are always more in question, it seems, if we look at both historic and current practices than being able to capture information about productivity and, and make improvements in our own systems based on that information. And this technology, frankly, is powerful to be able to do that. I would echo all the same things. I mean, you know, I think the ability to leverage some of those, I'd call them, you know, management benefits of this stuff are, you know, if you've got, you know, a larger coward, for example, it's, it's probably pretty hard to manage, you know, your, who got shots, who didn't, you know, what's your genetic program look like, you know, on the back of a, you know, a, a feed sack, if you've got, you know, a few hundred cows. So, um, this type of stuff really does pay off from a managerial benefit um, for operations. And since we're already having to do that, um, why not try and, and learn and, and figure out how we can um, make the most use out of this stuff um, as we can. Um, ultimately, you know, one idea from the feedlot perspective of, of if we want cow-calf producers to potentially um, you know, get premiums for this stuff. Well, one thing that feedlots usually struggle with is they receive cattle in a feedlot and they either have to, you know, re-tag everything because tags fell off, stuff like that, or they receive a lot of animals that just aren't tagged or ID'd at all. Um, if we get to a place where, you know, traceability becomes more prevalent, then, you know, there's certainly benefits for, for feedlots if they're receiving animals that have a uniform ID system put in place. Well, thank you, Dr. Mitchell and Dr. Vanderlei for joining me today on uh, our weekly webinar podcast. Uh, for more information about the presentation um, that Dr. Mitchell and Dr. Vanderlei uh, gave, we encourage you to go to farm.unl.edu where there's a recording of the past webinar entitled, Are Producers Willing to Pay for Traceability Programs? Um, and also they will have their accompanying slides and a short uh, paper regarding the Q&A questions uh, and a summary of their findings. We thank you for joining us today and hope to um, see you soon. This has been a special Nebraska Farmcast presentation of Extension Farm and Ranch Management in the Department of Agricultural Economics at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. To view or listen to more archived webinars, register for upcoming sessions, and discover more timely news, analysis, decision tools, and publications to guide your decision-making, visit farm.unl.edu.